Welcome to the Infinity Bros Podcast, the only podcast that's perfectly balanced as all things should be. I'm your host, Max Mosier, here today with two other Infinity Bros. First, coming back from his two-week hiatus, it's Infinity Bro Isaac. Isaac, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. Ready to roll. Ready to talk about uh, some fun stuff, or not fun stuff, just depending on you know your perspective. I would say Isaac's the voice of the Infinity Bros., but the face of the Infinity Bros is my other co-host, who was here last week with me, and he's back. It's Robbie Sauter. Robbie, how are you? I am doing great. Uh, just finished The Last of Us, Episode 3, um, and can't wait to talk about it with the bros. If we took one piece from each of the bros to make the ultimate bro, it would be my voice and Robbie's face. Is that what we're saying? Or would it be Robbie's muscles? Because that part oh, is no, kind I of think important. his face is a good spot to be at. We definitely don't want it to be anybody else's face. So it probably is Robbie's face. If we're rating anything out of 10, like none of us are above a six. Right? Like face face wise. Oh yeah, face wise for sure. Yeah, yeah I'd say we're yeah. We're a bunch of sixes and belows. But that works Brutal. perfectly for us because we rate things out of six. So it does. Yeah. If it's your first time here, we're, we're glad you're here uh, to hear us uh, speak down about ourselves and uh, not fight too hard with Robbie about that just total evisceration of my face. But we got a great show for you today. We're going to talk about The Last of Us, uh, episode three, as I've got just snot coming down my nose. Forgive me. I am also dealing with my fifth. This is no joke. My fifth round of COVID. It, I am at this COVID point it's again. just flowing through your veins it, it doesn't make any but. sense i'm pretty sure like legislation and world things happening around covid are centered around people like me <laughs> like it's this just gotta be right like it's just this is ridiculous at this point you're the problem pretty sure max is going to be standing up at like right next to the president's podium and they're going to be using him as an example when the cdc rolls out their next guidelines yeah, it for sure is my dumb 5.5 face out of 10. <laughs> Just up there looking brutal. Anyway, I was trying to pitch a show and then we just stopped, started talking back about my face again for the second time. Um, we're going to talk well, about you the last started of talking us. about your face. Oh we didn't mention it, but <clears throat> Isaac, shut up. Just shut up, Isaac. Just <laughs> shut up. I'm sorry. I was just clarifying. You're doing Mark's clarifying. bit right now. Can I just Somebody's got to when he's not here. So yeah, Mark being here on the show, yeah, well, if it's not a Marvel property or a DC property, Mark just gets to take the week off. That's how it works out at Mark's house. So there it is. Apparently. The gauntlet's been thrown. Consider it thrown. Anything else, Isaac? I'm good for now. For now. The Last of Us, episode three, season one. Long, long time. We're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk about the DC speculations of what James Gunn will announce if he announces anything tomorrow, January 31st. Allegedly, he was going to announce something. And what the slate is, we'll talk about what we think that will be. So there we go. Then we'll, we may, may talk about like a, um, some Funko Pop uh, releases that got sent out about Flash Robbie that you can comment on. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I'm That's so excited tease. for that. Really, you really better, good tease. Hey, you better stick around for that, okay? So excited. I wouldn't be making Rick and Morty sounds right now. I think now is not a really good time in history to be doing that. I mean, you, I, isn't everyone throwing is, their hands? Yeah, isn't everyone yeah, throwing their hands? Okay. Yeah. Isaac. Isaac, yeah. 
I mean, really, nobody's going to have a chance because that that dude on TikTok that impersonates him probably is going to get the job because he sounds exactly like him. I'm trying to write, like Kelly, I think is his name or something. Dude sounds <laughs> exactly like them. We're off the rails this start. Just just Robbie, go ahead and finish what you're going to say. Go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, isn't everyone throwing their hat in the ring for the Rick and Morty thing? Um, but uh, yeah, Isaac already. You already took it and ran with You'd it. have my vote, Robbie. You know yeah. that. You'd have my vote. I really hope not. I, I think it'd be great. I need a rich at friend. Your, at your face. The face of the Max, out of all of us, you have a rich friend. You. I mean, I have rich friends, but I need like a super rich friend. I need one super rich one. You're my guy, Robbie. Don't let me down. All right. Uh, if this is your first time... Listening to us, we want to make sure that you're familiar with our rating system we referenced earlier. It is not out of 10. So we're going to go ahead and put that bumper right here. Here on the Infinity Bros podcast, everything is ranked from a 0 to 6 point scale. 0 meaning horrible and 6 meaning absolutely excellent. If all of the Infinity Bros rank something a 6, it gets an infinity snap. And then additionally, we're going to be spoiling the entire episode of The Last of Us, episode three, entitled Long, Long Time. So from this point on, just know that we're going to spoil that. And when we get into DC Talk 2, there is a chance we're going to spoil some future things happening in the DC universe, in particular around movies like The Flash, Aquaman. So if you're somebody that's against that, this is just your universal spoiler warning. We're going to put that right here. This is... Prepare yourself. An Infinity Bros. Prepare yourself. Spoiler. If you haven't heard our season premiere review, Isaac did that with Infinity Bros. Zane and uh, Mr. JT from Forgive Me. Which podcast was he on again, Isaac? Beyond the Fandom. Mr. JT from Beyond the Fandom. Thank you for covering me on that. You'll want to check that out. Great insight and review. If you want to check out episode two with two guys who have no idea about the game. Robbie and I were there. <laughs> yeah, we were. So today is a little bit of a better mix. Um, uh, so Isaac, for context before we get into this, has played the full game, both the, the first and the second game, Isaac? Just the first one. Yep. I got I to gotta eventually get around to playing the second one before the second season comes out. But first one played, I don't know, it's probably like four or five years ago. It was like kind of when I got my PS4. So it's been a while, but I've played the whole thing. You're familiar with the content. Yep. Robbie is following along chapter by chapter with the show. So Robbie, have you, did you complete it before or after the episode? I have not played it since after episode two. So I've not played any of this. And then I am just watching casually. So I am a filthy casual as they would say. So uh, understand those perspectives. If you're somebody that you just, you're looking for a podcast that has all of that, we're not going to have all of that, but I think our unique perspectives will serve you well in evaluating the show. The episode um, synopsis is when a stranger approaches his compound, survivalist Bill forges an unlikely connection. Later, Joel and Ellie seek Bill's guidance. This is directed by Peter Hoare uh, with Neil Druckmann and Craig Mazine writing this. Both have been writing all season, and obviously Druckmann is the creator of the game. He's one of the creators, excuse me. Pedro Pascal plays Joe Miller. Bella Ramsey plays Ellie Williams. Inator plays Tess. Nick Offerman plays Bill. Murray Bartlett plays Frank. And then uh, after that, it's a slew of background characters. 
This one was interesting, guys, because long, long time, the song by Linda Ronstad, featured at the end of this episode, saw an almost 5,000% increase in streams on Spotify, similar to what happened with Stranger Things and Running Up That Hill. So clearly the audience continues to be swept away. This was before all the episodes were released. The, the first three episodes were sent to critics and critics got to talk briefly on all three and they couldn't spoil it, but all of them were universally saying episode three is the one that is set apart critically from their perspective from the other two. So this one has been really highly touted, and there's some trivia here as well that we'll talk about as we go throughout the show. Uh, but Robbie, we're going to start with you. Can you give us your rating of episode three long, uh, long, bleh, of The Last of Us? Sorry. Long, long time episode three of The Last of Us. Thank you. Uh, start with the rating. Uh, I'm giving this a 5.5 out of six. Um, really, really enjoy it, but I think something that we'll dive more deeply into later is the fact that we like we've mentioned this pre-show but we want to just we want the story of joel to like continue and this took a step back from that even though there was parts that did progress joel's story um i just wanted i wanted more time with them before we did a segue to something else that's my only really that's my only negative with this the story that they told with bill and frank it was wonderfully done um from start to finish, and and we talked about this in, in uh, our last review, that we like going back in time and seeing how people are progressing. So this one did a perfect job of that, going all the way 20 years back, then it was like three, then it was like four, then it was like another three, and then it was like a 10-year jump. Like So this giving us so much insight into the past was super, super enjoyable, and then getting to see it through Bill and Frank's lens um was awesome i i i loved all of that my only negative is that i just like could this have waited till episode six like putting it at episode three seemed like an interesting choice to me because we're just getting to know joel and ellie um so that 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 was my only negative so i'll stop there yeah i'll I'll piggyback off that negative and i'm gonna give this a 4.5 out of six I really enjoy you're nailing this like everything they're doing in terms of pre event on September 23rd is riveting. It's filling in gaps. It's jarring. So the vision visionary approach of the skeletons with the blankets and then the next shot is the mom and the baby. That's good stuff. It's painful. It hurts. And it's really good storytelling. My problem with this episode, and it's the weakest of the three in my opinion, which is why I find it fascinating the critics really enjoyed it, is attention was so off of Joel and Ellie for so long that I just, I keep getting told that Joel's a badass. And the only evidence I have of him being a badass is him surviving this thing and hitting the old lady in the first episode with a wrench. That's all I got right now. I believe he's a badass. I, I've seen implications and, and people that look scary in this show say he's really scary. Don't mess with him. But I'm done hearing. And again, I haven't played the game. All the game people say he's a badass. Right. <coughs> so I just want to see this. I want to see it in action. I want to see him and Ellie go survive. 
And I think this episode struggled with that. I think the relationship was interesting. And I think if, if you were going for that, that was awesome. And I could see why you'd love that and give it a six out of six. But for me, that that's where it was lackluster. Isaac, go ahead. Wow. <clears throat> I mean, I feel like I'm a guy on this podcast that pretty routinely gives things very good scores initially when I see them. And there's no exception. I give this episode a six out of six it's it's man all three of these episodes have been six out of sixes for me so i'm trying to think if i it's really hard to rank them right now they're they've all been just phenomenal in their own right but i thought the the story of bill and frank is just so well done nick offerman just i We'll, we'll get into this a little bit ron swanson we'll get into this a little bit later but i am so sad that we're not going to get to see more of him in the series because he just absolutely kills this episode like he is the reason this episode is so impactful i think so sad about that but man he did such a phenomenal job i absolutely loved basically everything about this episode i think you have a point robbie it does kind of like i don't want to say it detracts but it does take a major sidestep and completely avoid i mean from you know minute whatever five to 45 it's all um bill and frank's story which it's more like minute 10 because you do get that scene in the gas station where ellie's engaged with the clicker right yeah there, there's definitely some pre-stuff but i mean this whole the big chunk of this episode is all Bill and Frank. And I was kind of, before we got into this episode, I was kind of thinking they would be intertwining it, like, you know, their stories and stuff like that. No, it was once once Bill and Frank's story started, it was Bill and Frank until their story ended. And I actually kind of appreciated that uh, because when it came time to, you know, when Joel and Ellie came back into the story, man, it, it was just it just capped off their their chapter so well. So while I do think it deviated quite a bit from kind of the main storyline, I and I know too just from playing the game, I mean we're going to get a ton of Ellie and Joel getting to know each other through the rest of the series. So for me it was not like detrimental to my interest in the story. So I can see why that is a little bit of a knock in some people's opinion. For me, it did not detract from this episode at all. I absolutely and I can see it. also why, as a video game player too, Isaac, like why you you know the context of where this is going, right? So I think for you, you're like I got plenty of time to spend with Ellie and Joel. I this is a good filler because in the game I didn't get this much filler. So for spoilers for those that have not played the game, Bill and Frank are split in the game. And there's essentially, I won't get into spoilers of how Bill dies for the game if you want to go back and play it, but Bill does pass in a different way. And I think it's important to note that, that Druckmann took the liberty to change that and really spend quality time on this relationship, which I think was a risk, and obviously the critics loved it. And I do understand for the sake of TV, you you have to be more than the two main characters, I think. I, I understand that decision. Right. Right. When you're building a story like this, you really have to build up the Tesses and you have to build up the bills. I totally understand 
that perspective of the argument. But you're talking to the guy of the three of us. I'm the guy who has no gameplay experience. You're selling me a product right now of every poster is Joel and Ellie. It's everything. And they're especially Joel is barely in the show right now. And it's kind of bothering me now. In the first two episodes, I was like, episode two's ending was great. I was like, okay, Tess is gone. It is Joel's time. Here we go. It is now Joel moment. And and then we just, he sidesteps again. Robbie, I think you made a great point. Episode six, great way to put it. This would have been a much better strategic spot down the line. I think that's a really good point in my perspective. Right. I just don't know, like, and I don't know how Phil fits into the game, but like that might be an issue. Like there's no way it could have been later because you need that Bill connection. You need Joel probably to get all those supplies right because now he has everything that he needed that's that's kind of like why it wouldn't work down the road because the reason bill is in this story is to basically give joel all the things he needs to set them off on their journey so it unfortunately does need to be like right now because otherwise it, it just wouldn't really make sense down the road unless they completely deviated from the video game story which but would make I do people wanna... more upset Right. And and there are people, you know, I think most of the critics are pretty excited about this episode, but I have heard definitely some complaints that, you know, they're definitely deviating from the video game with this episode. And even if you keep watching the, you know, how it's made, like HBO does an awesome, you know, little clip of how it's made afterwards. Neil Druckmann talks about how this is the biggest deviation from the video game is this episode. Well, and I would say like me and Max actually we, we hit on this and we actually cut it up for a TikTok. If you want to go check out our TikTok or our social media. Um, but like you can make deviations in video game sh- stories and shows, as long as it doesn't deviate from like the, the main storyline, like this isn't going to affect a big portion of the main storyline. Like Bill and Frank are just a piece, right? So you can create this and I am totally fine with them creating this and having their creative property with it especially when it's done well, like we, we hit on that, like when things are done well and you can make it work as long as it, as long as you didn't change Joel and Ellie completely and what happens with them completely, it's fine. So that, so this is why I feel like this episode is completely okay. And that's why it's still a great episode. And it doesn't like make me like more uninterested in this show at all. Um, If there was a way to move it, later on is would have been the only thing but obviously that would have been difficult because he needs all those supplies which i assume are going to play a huge role in you know the episodes moving forward so that's the only little thing it's just like because like max is saying we just got joel and ellie just them together and they just had this tragic death no No, you're good i'm just like last thing they just had this extremely tragic death that we learn by the end of this episode was even more deeply impactful to Joel than we realized. And now we just didn't get to see them work through that yet. And I'm assuming we will, but like we just had that and we got a snippet of it. And now we have to wait another week is the only, it's my only negative thought. If, if this was a streaming platform and I could just go instantly to the next episode, I probably don't care. And it's probably a six out of six. 
right? Like, I think that's I think that's a little bit of a change. That's just a little tiny little bit of a change in my opinion. I want to I want to talk a little bit about that because I talked about this I think with several different people, Jarrett specifically, and with Scott Higa about Andor, because there are people out there still who could not get through the first three or four episodes of Andor because it's it's slow story building grind. those yeah, first yeah. three three four episodes and i mean i i enjoyed them thoroughly for sure they're not the most exciting episodes of television out there but they made they made everything seem so impactful just the little things that they were doing and the payoff for that was incredible so this is what i'll say to that i i think that the slow build the slow burn that we're going to have with Joel and Ellie is going to pay off majorly in the last three episodes of the show. Um, and, and I think, yeah, there's definitely a, a piece of, we want to get to know the main characters more, but I think if, if they're pushing that for a better payoff, I'm okay with that. It's, it's definitely tough to wait week to week. I mean, when we're used to all these streaming services, we're just bam, 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 like Netflix, binge everything right now um definitely is a different mindset than what we're kind of used to right now but that's why we're talking about this on this podcast and on the internet now because this is what's drumming up all this conversation i would push back on that i don't think this is a slow burn problem on the contrary these first three episodes have been riveting all of all of bill and frank's story were riveting like there was no slow burn in their story in my opinion well, their story was be their, their story, story was right. They only had their story was whatever, filled with with, with great great character development, great romance in the context of that relationship, start to finish, the moment they met met to the moment they die. It was every major gap was filled in. So I don't I don't know if I don't I, I understand what you're trying to say in the context of it's Ellie and Joel's slow build. My problem is, are we going to get four episodes down the line, and is every episode going to be about the supporting cast around them? And just it's just going to be implied that, oh, if you watch the game, you totally get this Easter egg. Is Druckmann putting too much value on this relationship? I don't have enough of game expertise to say yes or no. But as a as just a filthy casual viewer of this show, it was a miss for me. It was a miss because this show is building me up to these fights with clickers. I got even with Bill and Frank, I got one fight with them. One. That's it. Bill's like this big gun hoorah guy and i only got one fight and it wasn't even that it was it was the aftermath of his fight i i this was a miss for me this it just was it's a bummer because the show's good and i'm enjoying it it's not detracting my viewership and i and and the argument of like oh that that ro- relationship and romance will pay off down the line is is potentially there but if they got all the supplies, like you said, Isaac, then it really doesn't. It's just, oh, but this was a bump along the way. This was our monster of the week, per se, our, our relationship of the week. This is a this is a, st- a stupid nitpick. But Bill's supposed to be this, like like you said, gun-toting, like has these amazing defenses guy. And the dude's, like, completely lit up standing in the middle of a street firing a sniper <laughs> yeah. rifle. Yeah, like, there is clear was... cover anywhere else. Literally anywhere. That's Literally the, anywhere. Like... Like, I understand they have to make sure he, like, gets hurt. But that was that was so silly to me. It's like, this dude is smarter than this. There was a way better way to do it, Robbie. You're absolutely right. Like, he could have been, like, shooting from his house or, like, from, like, a, a higher area and just 
a bull, a stray bullet gets through the wood or whatever. But like for him to just stand in the middle of the road, like that's not what that guy would Dude do. Dude made it very clear at the beginning of the episode and throughout his time that he was like so prepped for everything. Exactly. Every major thing. He was fighting about the lawnmower and about wasting resources. You're telling me he's going to stand in the middle of the street for a fight? Get out of here with that. Well, I he's, well he's wearing a white shirt and completely lit up by all the flame. Like it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> not a nitpick. That's not a nitpick. That's a legit claim about that character. That's not a nitpick. <laughs> also, I I mean, this is just one thing that I noticed, and I wouldn't even call it a nitpick because the direction they went was obviously the way they chose to do this episode. But I mean, Bill in the video game is honestly Nick Offerman does a basically a spot on job of mm. portraying Bill in the video game. Like they're pretty much the same character. It's Ron Swanson. You go, it's Ron Swanson. Yeah. You go on this <laughs> mission with Bill, though, like basically he's got this town, which they do in in the series as well. And you send he sends Joel and Ellie on this mission to go get a battery on the other side of town that has a bunch of infected people. So they could have went with some action in this episode, but instead they decided to focus on that relationship between Bill and Frank, which I'm not I'm not sad about because it was in a really awesome episode in whole. That's but interesting. the deviation that they took was like, you know, we could have had more action. We could have had more zombies, more clickers, all that stuff. And they just chose to go a different direction. I'm assuming we're more. That's the reason they did the scene at the beginning with Ellie. That's the whole reason they did that. That was your clicker scene this week. There you go. You got your new clicker scene. We're done. Now we can go to this story. And there was, you know, now that you mentioned that too, that was a really interesting scene with Ellie and that, that clicker in the basement or not clicker, the, just the, the infected in the basement, just the infected. Yeah. The clickers and right, right, right. yeah, so, sorry, forgive my yeah. vernacular. She, she goes down there, like basically is kind of like playing with this thing. Like she cuts it just to see what'll happen. Ends up killing it. But like, there's a weird moment where it's like just focusing. It seemed like that thing was going to talk. It definitely. Did anyone else get that? I didn't, I didn't know. Like, it was an intense moment. It was weird. And, but like, it was, it looked, yeah, yeah. like her, the infected things, I looked at her like it was pleading, begging for mercy, which, yeah, I mean, she g- gave it by killing him. But that was an interesting moment because like for some reason there was focus on that moment. And I don't really know why at this point, like I'm assuming that's going to be revealed down down the road a little bit. But like this was a a moment that they specifically had her go down there. They specifically had her find this and it really doesn't go deeper than that. Like she kills it, comes back up and boom, they're on their way again. I imagine there's a payoff for that later. Yeah, That was a moment to me that that's like, "Ah, there's gotta be something to that later down the road. I don't, I don't know what that is, but we've, we've talked about a lot of negatives. Let's talk about some positives real quick. I really like, um, with Bill and Frank too, how they show this post-apocalyptic world. I like all the things Bill does to set up his house. I know Robbie, we talked about the gunfire scene, how that wasn't great, but how he is prepared for people to approach the fences and burn them. That was just wild to me how he was very fueled up right out the gate, how he watched everybody essentially be sheep going with the government. He knew he's like, they are not going to help you. They're going to kill you. And it happened. And he's sitting there just mocking all of them. And he looks to be gallivanting around his community. 
after oh my gosh when he's in the home depot afterwards just like loading up his cart with stuff i was like man that would be kind of cool actually to be in there just like picking out what you want for for the future i thought that was a way too crowded home depot for the circumstances of that civilization i think more people would be headed down there for stuff in that situation in my opinion well i think that's why they showed like obviously the the military was already there they already cleared out that town so the military is going town to town they're clearing everybody out and as we saw earlier in the episode clearing them out or killing them like i also love that bill did not lose his libertarian philosophy of life yeah even Don't after dating me, like, they, have the, they have that relationship where they're talking in the street and they're talking about the mowing of the lawn and frank's like well they weren't nazis he goes they're definitely nazis he goes well they weren't <laughs> they are now but they weren't and it's, i'm just like <laughs> they are now <laughs> i loved that i loved that dialogue i loved the don't tread on me flag i loved the bunker it was it was just perfect like i was like that is prepper territory again this is like exactly spot on the character in the video game as well like he's this like you know conspiracy theory bunker he had all this stuff ready before the outbreak happened like it wasn't like he started preparing all this like he was ready for this this is like what he was made for type of thing and it's like nick offerman man just like he he just makes this episode shine this is nick offerman too you guys obviously have been joking that's ron swanson actually i really if you've never seen devs i got more of forest the character he plays in that show vibes devs is a very dense Mm -hmm. show uh on fx if you want to check it out it's very dense but very worth your time it's actually offerman's one of his better acting roles in my opinion and i got really strong like how he was processing as a character different character philosophies of life but how they processed i saw that in offerman in this offerman's such a good actor he's, he's a so great good actor yeah absolutely so good. yeah yeah you and you like watching parks and rec you would you kind of think he's like a one-trick pony guy like oh uh, yeah he's just a funny guy or whatever but like seeing him in these serious roles is like man dude can act and it is phenomenal so we mentioned it on the previous two episodes, but J Buck has been doing these side by side shots from video game to oh, yeah. the um, series, and we'll we'll throw that in the show notes for for you guys to look at. But it is just I'm always just impressed by how they're able to fit some shots that are just exactly the same as the video game. And am I correct too that the ending shot Isaac is the title screen? It sure reminded me of it. I, I I couldn't tell you if it was exactly the same, but like, I mean, when you go to the title screen in Last of Us, it's it's pretty iconic. It's like an empty room. You you're panning over this open window and there's like these draped, like light drapes that are kind of like waving in the wind. That's the opening of the, the, the game, game. The game, right? yeah. And and there's like oh. the guitar the guitar playing. And so when you're panning when you're panning out from them driving away from from bill's town it i i got the same like kind of vibes as that I, I mean it's not like the exact same shot it's a little bit different angle but they're doing a great job of of doing like recalls to the game that title screen's got a lot more meaning to that now from this episode interesting i think the other thing that's big to hit on is like we didn't really know how long joel and tess were together mm. Um, right. At least I don't I don't I don't recall them saying they've been together so long. But in this we we realize, oh, they've been together for a very long time and have done 
a lot of things together, including probably bartering that with more than just Bill. Like they've been doing, they've been doing a lot, and this is why Joel is probably so well known, which is really really interesting to me. So we get like they make friends because Frank wants to have friends, um, and it just happens to be Tess on the radio. So Tess is obviously like Tess is the only connection Joel has to any other people. And now he's stuck with a 12 year old girl and he doesn't have tests anymore. And now he just has to go find his brother who is uh, all we know from the show is in trouble for some reason. We don't know anything else. So it's, it's just kind of interesting that they decided to, sh- they keep showing these, these snippets of Joel and Tess. And I, I assume we're going to get more. I, I have a feeling that's going to be a big payoff for the future of this show is, is the history of Joel and Tess. And it's going to make it's it's going to make the, the impact of losing her in episode two, even yeah. bigger, which I think is going to be really, really interesting. And it might be Ellie like becoming that rock for Joel because she is that like spitfire that Tess was like, for the for the short amount of time we got both of them together, they are very very similar in being like just go get her Spitfire people like you can't tell me what to do kind of thing. Um, so that'd be really really interesting. I, I'm really excited for the payoff emotionally for Tess's death because it feels like right now like she died and we're like oh okay she's a cool character for a couple episodes, but like I didn't have like a big emotional connection to her. But Joel obviously. That's his only like real life relationship that he had. So I'm just excited for that payoff. And note on that too. I mean, in that, in that scene that you're talking about, we see a flashback of, I don't remember what year it was, but um, of, of uh, Joel and Tess meeting Bill and Frank for the first time. And to see like the, it was just really cool to see Anna Torv, the actor who plays Tess like they aged her down and like to see the contrast from her in episodes one and two, where she's got like scars on her face. Like you can just tell they have been through a bunch of crap. Yeah. And then to see this episode where she's like fresh and like, you know, she's, she's spunky. She's got that fire. Like you, you said, and it's just like, it was, it was kind of a cool moment to, to see her younger self. And it probably was only like, I don't know. I don't remember exactly the the timeline, but I think it was only like five to 10 years as the span between that scene and the present day. And she looks like at least 20 years older, like just right. I mean, she it has taken a toll on her and Joel. I mean, Joel looks older as well, but the I thought that was Rankin Bill, too, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. When they get to that final like scene and my my first like, you know, thought when um Ron, I was gonna say Ron Swanson, but when Nick Offerman comes over and um Frank is painting, um, and Bill kind of looks at him and they share, you know, kind of like this old like couple look that you know they respect and like love each other, and it's just like yeah. wow, like these dudes <laughs> they aged a lot in the 10 years that have passed since then. Um, but yeah, just just a beautiful story between those guys, honestly. Like they did, they did a fantastic job. Pulled on my heartstrings a little bit, which I was not expecting in this episode. So that's that's one one of the reasons I gave that 
uh, six out of six. But yeah, just some some fun notes. The real winner of The Last of Us, Linda Ronstadt. Congratulations on five thousand percent viewership increase on Spotify. Linda. That's that's pretty awesome. <laughs> Not gonna lie. Will that be as much of an emotional impact as uh, running up that hill? Not a chance. <laughs> Not no, even close. Run up that close. hill. Is, because I, I yeah. can't tell you this. Right after that, run up that hill, we heard that a million times. So many times. Like, I haven't heard this song anywhere else. In the running up that, that hill scene still holds up with Max. Like, that still yeah. holds up. Yeah, that scene Absolutely. was so good. That's, so that's a good. great. They crushed it. They crushed that scene. Great job by them. So, but I, I do think for the last of us fans, that's a win, right? I think that's a win that your, that your show is that big. Hey Zane, I was looking into getting into this gunpla thing. There's one called the unicorn Banshee. What the heck is that all about? Um, actually Jarrett, what you're thinking of is RX zero unicorn Gundam two Banshee, which is from the mobile suit. Uh, actually, you know what? It's time for nerd news. All right, let's head into nerd news as we close out the show. We're going to talk about DC Universe. Allegedly, tomorrow is the day that James Gunn is going to announce the new slate for DC. And so, Robbie, I just want to start with you as the biggest DC nerd guy on this show so far. What expectations do you have right now of this slate? Like what what to you is going to be a walk away of, okay, I feel safe in the hands of James Gunn. I feel like we're in good hands. I feel good about this slate. Is there anything he can do to make you feel that way? We've we've talked about this at length on other on other episodes, but I feel like James Gunn is the right call. My concern has always been with DC is how do you write the ship? Um and I think we've talked about how riding the ship here would just be destroy everything and go away for a few years. I don't see them doing that. I see them. I thought it would have been the flash would be the way to like restart everything, but we have an Aquaman movie after the flash. So you can't do that. So it's just, I really don't know what the path is. The path is my concern. I think once we get there, once James Gunn's like hands are on all the projects and he has a, he has an idea of where we're going. I think that'll then we'll be okay. Um, It's how do we get to that point without making it this convoluted and confusing mess, because that's what it's been so far. It's like DC a couple of years ago, was really pushing this multiverse thing, but they never really explained it, but they said it all works in the multiverse, but they never gave like a good explanation to the people going to the films about the multiverse. So it's like, how do you just come out now and say this? Because Marvel's been talking about the multiverse with like what, all these quantum manium trailers with, with Dr. Strange with Spider-Man. So now they have like three, like properties and and loki so four properties before dc gets anything out about the multiverse talking about the multiverse is coming so they they have a plan to get there and to explain things and that's going to explain like the x-men and deadpool and all that stuff how how do we take the flash and aquaman and somehow get there uh, that that's my concern. I don't know the answer. If James Gunn can figure out an answer, 
then then I then I think we'll be fine. But it's just how do we get from that's the first step. Like, how do we get there? How do we get to the start of James Gunn's DC universe with the crap that we have to still come out for some reason? What's also interesting too, Robbie, is so tomorrow apparently it's going to be eleven o'clock Central, twelve Eastern. That's according to Grace uh, Randall. Now, um, you found a time. Wow, that's what Grace says. Um, now she's you're using Grace Randolph. Source. <clears throat> that's the problem. It's Grace Sketch. Randolph. Um, I know yeah, exactly. Here's my question to you, Isaac. <laughs> Marvel can't go five minutes without a leak. <laughs> Like, they, like they make so much crap, but like people are just so easy to let things out of the bag out of Marvel. We love them for that. I actually, I personally think some of it's intentional, but that's neither here nor there. Do you think DC really has some stuff to share tomorrow, Isaac? Or do you think it's going to be like, ah, Superman and that's it. We'll see you soon. That's a great question. Um, I do. I do think James Gunn has things to share. Will he share it tomorrow? That's the thing that I'm like, I, maybe he won't share it tomorrow. Maybe it'll take him a week. Maybe it'll take him a month. I don't know. But I think he does have things on his slate. I think he's got stuff that he wants to announce um, eventually. I just don't know when that's going to be. Well, and by the time this episode goes live, that stuff will have either already been announced or it's gotten kicked down the can down the line to not be yeah, announced. Exactly. So it really, the speculating <laughs> on that is, for the listener, probably irrelevant. So then my question to both of you is, what is the winning property that needs to be on this list? Or I guess at properties, what are the winning properties that need to be on this list? Robbie, we'll start with you. Gosh, that's, that's tough because what has to be on this list for you to go? Well, I'm good. I, I know. I, I know. Good well, what we know of James Gunn right now is he can take obscure characters and make them household names. Guardians of the galaxy was not a household name. No matter who sure. he asked. Yes. Yes. Was, tiktok commenters they like they are like no no one knew who they were peacemaker was not a no nowhere close most of the people in suicide squad were known names so now you're gonna give james gunn arguably the 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 trifecta of biggest names in comic books maybe not anymore but that would have been the the staple year trinity yeah with big three the trinity you have batman superman and wonder woman you're golden as long as you make okay movies. I'm hearing you say Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman. That's what I'm hearing you say right now. That, well, that's your answer. If you're going to build this universe, that's your answer. You start. I, you you don't have to. I will say this. I think you have to start with Superman. Yes. And obviously they've done that a bunch. But that's where DC starts. I agree. That's the golden boy. That's where you have to start. I don't think James Gunn will. I will say that right now. I don't think he's starting with. And I have no like sources because I am looking on some Reddit boards to see if I can find some stuff for conversation. I I have no source on this, but I think Superman is the answer to Robbie. I'm on the opposite side of that coin. I think Superman will be the first thing they announce tomorrow. I think they might even have an actor. Um, because if I'm James Gunn, I want people to trust me right out the gate. I'm, I'm coming out with that. And I'm saying, we're doing a multiverse story down the line. So we're going to get Cavill and all these other guys back. Oh, by the way, we're doing Aquaman, but Momoa is coming back to play Lobo. I think Lobo and Superman are on that list. Cause you gotta get, you gotta get people hyped about Lobo coming back. I think 
an obscure property and I don't really have an answer for that. Maybe it's the it's new gods. I don't know. I'm trying to think like what would be. I think we are going to get a lot of obscure properties. If we're, if anything gets announced tomorrow, I if if there's a let's say there's a sure. slate. Let's say there's a slate for like a three year plan. I imagine if there's a three year plan, I bet there's five properties yeah. that are either TV shows or movies that are just random, like a small minority of like like comic fans know who they are, like DC diehards know who they are, but everyone else is like, what the F is yeah, like that? Booster Gold. Yeah, like we're gonna get a booster gold. No, Booster Gold's decently you well so? known. Oh, I imagine wow. I think, like I think I think a majority of people wouldn't know who in, Booster in Gold is. Comic book fans, comic book fans know okay, Booster right. Gold. I'm you're, thinking, you're thinking like, even more. More I'm thinking even more obscure than that. Um, so I have no, cause that's just James Gunn's thing. He'll do at least one. I agree with that. But I, I think the, on the flip side of your argument of like, if he made those guys big, imagine what he could do as Superman is my thought. And that's <clears throat> why it's right. fascinating. I, I think my answer is double down on the Batman. We already have Superman, an obscure property, Lobo, and a TV show that has Peacemaker in a crossover with somebody else. He's going to be fighting alongside her with some other, maybe that's where the, maybe Doom Patrol comes back. I know he's ended that, but maybe he, maybe he finds a way to bring those guys back. Cause they're really, really, really people love that show. I don't think that's him ending that. I think that's an HBO discovery thing, uh, which is, it's a shame because that show is really doing well. The people that like that show really like that show. They love it. Isaac, who do you think? I think, I mean, I, I think I'm with you, Max. I mean, why why would you publicly say that Henry Cavill is not coming back as Superman and then not announce something Superman? I, I don't know. That that just doesn't make sense to me. So I feel like Superman has to be on that list. Um, and I think I think you're definitely onto something with the um like properties that nobody's ever heard of too, Robbie. I think there's definitely going to be a few of those thrown in there. I don't, man, what, what I, where I'm kind of like questioning is we have the DC Trinity, which I mean, like you guys already mentioned is probably the best well-known characters in, you know, superhero history. We have Gal Gadot who technically is still wonder woman. Like he, James Gunn hasn't yeah. said that Gal Gadot's not coming back as Wonder Woman, and we have Pattinson as Batman already. What are we doing with these properties? Like, I, I think there's got to be some clarity on even if he's not announcing new properties, there's got to be some clarity on the state of the DCEU right now. Like, because we we he's definitely announced a lot of things. He's announced that there's a lot of stuff not coming back, but he probably needs more clarity in what is and isn't coming back. I mean, really the only thing we know is that he's bringing his own stuff back is pretty much all we know. And that Cavill's not coming back. He already obviously talked about that, but like, there's a lot of questions. On and the Black Adam. So I think and Black Adam. Yeah. I, I think there's gotta be more clarification from Jane's gun more than anything. But I think one property, a couple properties, number one is I, I sent it in the group chat before, but uh, my time to shine. Hello. It's a pretty well uh, respected, like scooper um, Twitter account. Uh, they said that they weren't going to leak anything, but they sent a gif of uh, swamp thing as something that probably will be announced. They so didn't backpedal and said it was a joke. 
they did oh okay. they did well, i didn't see that part so uh i wouldn't be surprised because the the swamp thing show that they had wasn't terrible and i think a lot of people yeah, it was okay. A lot of people liked it, so I'd be surprised if that's a property they went with. One other thing that popped into my mind was the question. We haven't really had a, you know, great... Oh, we, he's definitely an animated, like, uh, stuff across the years, but a live-action question, like, detective show would be kind of cool. So, um, but, you know, beyond that, I'm not a huge DC guy, so I'm not, like, you know, clamoring for any really little characters to come to the big screen or anything i think a dead man movie would be great too that would be that would be interesting dead man dead man would probably be coming i feel like and and it's it's due to probably cgi constraints but we really haven't had a lot of like martian manhunter in live action we definitely he's he's a character there but he hasn't been a main focus and that would be interesting you know there's there's definitely a lot of things that they could um they could do but i i'm just looking more for clarity on what the heck is going on with the dc um, and i think i think that's got to be the biggest answer thank you for saying that like i think that's all people want with dc we're so forgiving i mean the batman robbie you just you just a couple weeks ago said the batman was the best movie of 2022 so the point i'm saying is like i think people would forgive if you just get a couple knock off three or four in a row stay to the course of your plan i think we can do this Man, doesn't seem doesn't seem like that hard, but DC and WB likes to make it hard. I just don't understand how their universe is restarting before Marvel. I don't get it. How did Marvel have Endgame and their universe is restarting? Doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. that's brutal. <laughs> no, well, and we've talked about it so many times. Like right. DC in the comic books on paper has better lineup they justice league has a better lineup than no than marvel and the avengers do like it's better and they have incredible storylines that they can follow like, by all accounts they should be bigger right now but marvel got the jump and they got the ball rolling and with the jump marvel stayed consistent that's true they stayed that's consistent true. held to their held to their held to their guns <clears throat> that's why i want a universe where kevin feige goes to dc instead of marvel that's what i want <laughs> If I had a genie here, if there was a genie here who gave me three wishes. Oh, Feige would have. Oh, man. Is that one of them? That might be <laughs> one of them. Genie gives you three wishes, be... and that's one of them. That Kevin Feige. That might be one of them. <laughs> if Feige was running this whole thing right out the gate, Robbie, where would he have started? Where would he have started? Would he have started with Batman or Superman? Superman. Man. Start with Superman. Man. Because that's where you But start. would he have made DC funnier, or would you think he would have kept it dark? I don't care. It doesn't. It wouldn't I don't matter. Care. I love that. Great answer. Because DC used to DC used to be more campy anyway. DC wasn't dark until the nineties. So like like they could have done whatever they wanted. You keep Batman dark because that's the joke in DC is that Batman's always the like dark, Batman's the emo kid. Yeah, like so like they keep they can keep that and make everything else light and they can make fun of him. It would have been perfect. Just my thought, I think the 90s comic runs are part of the reason DC got in the pickle they did. I think they they felt like, "Oh, the audience, we're they're more serious, blah 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 blah, blah. that's R-rated comics." It's like, "Come on, dude. Marvel does it too." But those are some of the best comic books. They are, but I'm saying like I think the film creators, directors and writers thought they had to stay dark sequentially and it's like you actually don't have to do that. You can have your you can have both. You decided to go with the guy that has everything in 
sepia tone or whatever with Zack Snyder. So like, what do you think you were gonna get? Like, there's like, like he made it so difficult for other people to come in and direct sure. movies because the the color of the, every, your entire your universe is gray. Like, there, like where where were there for? There wasn't anywhere for someone else to go. Like Patty Jenkins tried with Wonder Woman, and it worked for one movie because they were in the Cold War. <laughs> Yeah, because everything was great. Yeah, it was a great right in the eighties, and it was it worked awful. so well. The universe didn't add up. That's the thing with like the like every Marvel movie. As, as much as I hate some of the tropes that they fall into, with like bad guy shows up, they kill bad guy, they good guys survive. Like it is consistent. No art, no director gets to change the color of the right. universe. Like it looks the same. If Captain America is in one movie and he looks one way, he's the exact same in another movie. Like Brutal. It, that's just the it's those little things that once that you you connect all the dots, you're like, this doesn't work. Right. You're right. And Zack Snyder's universe didn't work. It works within itself. Yeah, it works within itself. Yeah, but- if DC would have just been like Zack Snyder, you get six movies, you get your Batman versus Superman, you get uh, the one that just came, the the actual Justice League, and then you can go Dark Side War, and you get your movies off of that. Fine, like then just kill it. But they decided to give him all power, and it didn't work, and it was bad. I think next week we'll have our answer. We'll have our answer on this. I hope. I'm excited. It'll be interesting for people that are going to listen to this probably after, after it comes yeah. out, yeah, or we'll not. We'll see. Should we? Should we? Should we put our money on one thing that's going to get announced? Superman. I'd it can't be put my money thing. on Superman. You're putting your money on Superman. It has to be different, Isaac. What different than what on? I've said. Yeah. Well, no, 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 no. Just, just, just one thing you have to put your money on. What is it? This can't be Superman. What's one thing we get tomorrow? Gosh, you go first. I'm thinking. I don't know. I have a feeling that James Gunn wants to do JSA not JLA. And that's, I think another reason why he immediately went black Adam, you're done. You've already ruined some really good characters yeah. because like, not that doctor's fate or like cyclone or Adam Sasha was that bad in that movie, but the movie itself was so bad. Like yeah. now I have to start over. I think James Gunn, because of how, who James Gunn is and likes a little bit more obscure is going to go JSA and make them like the team. And then he might bring the big three in and they might have the JLA. I could see him doing both JSA and JLA same universe. And I, I, I would not be surprised if the big, the big thing that's announced tomorrow is a JSA movie at the end of like a four or five year. Well, then it would make sense for all the future stuff that you want to do, including all those guys. Right. But then you're also pushing the consumer to read those comics that are not read right now, which is also part of this. But with James, uh, James Gunn is so good at making these like obscure, like little known characters into like really, really popular. And there's a lot of interesting characters you can go off there like Mr. Terrific, yes. Alan Scott, the Green Lantern, Dr. Midnight all have like these really, really interesting stories that you can go off of that actually have really like deep, like personal stories that I feel like that might be the way he goes. And then he will also have a Justice League 
eventually down the road. But I, I wouldn't be surprised if he goes, Justice League is coming, but first we're going to have the JSA. All right, here's, here's my prediction. You've been talking about how James Gunn likes to basically go, work with the obscure things. Um, and I, there's been rumors floating around about this, so it's not like a out of the blue type of thing. But I think Jason Momoa gets announced as Lobo when James Gunn comes out with his stuff. Um, I mean, we, you know, we've heard rumors about this for a long time um, that he's going to be done as Aquaman and join the DCU as, as Lobo. But I think Lobo is a interesting property that hasn't been done before. And James Gunn could probably make it work. So dude, Lobo would translate. So Jason looks like, looks exactly the part. So Jason looks like, but like he's as badass, like hilarious, biker dude like that is a necessary means like they need a lobo the the other one that i was thinking of would be zatanna that was like the other one i was like that's a character that hasn't been done in the tv or movies yet that's very popular is it popular enough for the general public robbie i don't know like personally i i mean we got we got several constantine or constantine properties that have been relatively yeah. successful not I'm like just thinking like you know right. like and i think blockbusters, people think like, if, if robbie like thinks it. booster gold is like known amongst the people then then i don't know about zatanna then she must be known here's a, here's here's why i think a lot of people loved those justice league animated sure. shows and those are people are still watching those like the younger kids may not like them but i would say 24 and above would love to have those characters. So that that's where I think like the Constantine gets his love and Zaytana gets his love. And like power girl has an obvious, a uh, uh, few assets that people might enjoy. <laughs> so like, I think like there's a like few assets. There's a lot to that's go. Brilliant. That's brilliant. <laughs> there's a few. There's a few things to go. <laughs> oh man. Like you're welcome. You're welcome. That's great. That's a great way to end the show. Um, uh, last of us dc predictions there you go we'll see you on the other side of the dc predictions isaac thanks for coming on man it's been a pleasure as always always a pleasure it's high praise high praise high praise and uh robbie let's hope tomorrow is a, a day of hope for you as you turn a new page on the dc uh universe love a rebellion built on hope let's hope it is the DCU now, not the DCEU. That's what James Gunn did say. It's DCU. I don't care what they call it. Just make it good. And on that note, <laughs> we appreciate you, audience, for sticking with us and listening today. You can check out everything we talked about uh, on the show notes below. You can also check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Twitch, Discord, and TikTok, as always. We love you guys 3,000. We'll see you guys later. See ya. Bye. Bye. Thanks for tuning in to the Infinity Bros Podcast. You can find the Infinity Bros on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at the Infinity Bros. Feel free to send listener feedback via email at infinitybrospodcast at gmail.com.